are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Brewers, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where we talk about your favorite teams every day. I'm your host, Jake Mastriani, and you can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also joining me is my co-host, Vinny Rotino, and you can follow him on Twitter as well at Vinny Rotino. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Brewers and subscribe to Lockdown Brewers Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Another week with the Lockdown Brewers Podcast ranked in the top 10 among MLB podcasts on the network. So appreciate, again, all the continued support there, keeping us on the top of those leaderboards. Really do appreciate it. Um, also, I'll be going live on the Locker Room app this Thursday afternoon at around 1 p.m. It's a day game between the Brewers and Cardinals. I uh, had to change the schedule a little bit. I uh, won't be able to go live on Tuesday this week, so I'm going to do it on Thursday afternoon during that Cardinals-Brewers game, which will be the finale. So it should be a lot of fun. Make sure you go download the Locker Room app so that you can join me when I go live. Today's episode, with the off day, we're going to be going through some uh, news, uh, just a little bit of news, and then uh, we're going to get into your Twitter questions, and then we're going to break down this big series between the Cardinals and the Brewers, the battle for first place in the NL Central. Before we get into all of that, let me tell you about Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them a Locked On sent you. So not a ton of news to get into. I did just want to mention that Zach Godley was reinstated from the IL and then DFA'd by the Brewers. Brewers will have a week to either trade him or put him on waivers, and Godley can elect free agency if the Brewers try to outright him to the minors. So not a lot of news there. Didn't get any injury news uh, on Monday. Again, an, an off day for the Brewers, so not a lot of reporting going on there. So not much to update you on. We should have a lot more information uh, today on Tuesday um, as far as some injury news. Hopefully we get something on Christian Yelich this week. Hopefully we'll know more about Corbin Burns, who was supposed to pitch on Monday. Uh, so hopefully that went well. And hopefully he'll be back. I'm Fingers crossed we'll be back at the end of this Cardinals series. So let's get into your Twitter questions because we got some really good ones and uh, I went back and found this one from a while ago because it was a good one, and we just haven't done a mailback episode in a little bit, so I want to make sure to go back and got it in. But this one comes from at Ben underscore Bromley on Twitter. Uh, he says, topic for Lockdown Brewers. Next mailback segment, Eric Thames came to the Brewers from the KBO and had success, but Josh Lindblom has struggled since coming from Korea. As someone who played pro ball in Korea, I'd like Benny Rotino to assess the quality of play over there. Good question, Ben. Ben, how you doing, by the way? Ben came down to the set last time. Uh, I was doing the oh, nice. Pirate Series, I think. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, great dude. Uh, brother-in-law of a uh, teammate of mine at UW Lacrosse, crazy small world, who ended up catching a ball, a foul ball that got videoed, <laughs> um, uh, that got caught on video. Nice. Anyway, Steve Bleck was his name, but... Um, all right, so the KBO, the hitters are ahead of the pitchers by quite a bit, and um, I think that's the reason why you see some of these guys have a, a ton of success over there. Uh, 
with with their arms. However, I will say this: that's not fair to Josh Lindblom. I, I I didn't see him pitch when he was over there. Was he was he pumped? Was he sitting ninety three, ninety five? I don't know. I all I know is what we see from him these last couple of years is eighty eight to ninety two um, with fringy command, and his off speed is pretty fringy as well. So he's got a good split. He can land a curveball. I mean, he can pitch a little bit. So um, I just don't know where his velo was in the KBO. So it's not fair to say that about Josh Lindblom. I'm I'm just, I I don't want to, I just, I don't want to just assassinate the guy. Right. And and he he might be, he might've gotten signed when he was just really throwing with some fuel over there. Um, And uh, just, so I'm sorry to say I can't really answer that question in terms of the way it was led. However, I will say that the the hitters are ahead of the pitchers as a whole in the KBO. Um, So when you do get a good arm, and there are some good arms over there, they tend to dominate. They tend to dominate the league because, like I said, you're you're seeing a lot of 88s. You're seeing a lot of this, you know, kind kind of loose breaking balls and things. And you're not seeing a ton of command over there. Uh, I would say I would equate it to around the double A, double A level uh, for pitching. So does that answer the question you think, Jake? Yeah, I, I think so. That's kind of what I was wondering. It, you know, how would you compare it to the minor league level? You know, whether that be single A, double A, or, or triple A level? Because um, I know uh, the Japanese league, they kind of have compared, you know, saying that it's kind of on a triple A level over there um and and i think the kbo is probably somewhere in that you know high a double a range so yeah that's kind of what i was looking for you know what range of minor league level would you say the kbo compares to over here i'd say double a i'd say double a um especially if you're but if you're a if you're a pitcher it's it's probably more like a triple a level in terms of the bats because they are they have some good bats over there I, i would so similar to how if you're a Venezuelan position player, you're going to strap the gear on and try and become a catcher, right? Because there's a ton of catchers. Same with Puerto Rico, right? Kind of mm-hmm. following the footsteps. I would say in Korea, kids are probably putting a bat in their hands before they, they step on the mound, right? So I think that's kind of just a trend over there. Um, so again, if you're, a, if you're a pitcher, the level of competition that you're facing against bats is, is going to be more like a triple a level or some really good hitters in that league in general. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's interesting to know. I know a lot of people got into the KBO last year cause they were the only baseball league going for a while. So you have a lot of people who are tuned into that league. Now I know I watched uh, several games waking up early in the morning, watching some of those uh, a lot of fun and some good baseball being played over there. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So some good insight there from Vinny. Um, next question comes from uh, Claire Olson, 17, says, how long do you think Keston Hero will be down in AAA before he comes back up? So, I mean, this is a, a good question, and I don't think, unless he's playing uh, tonight on Monday night, I don't think Keston has made his AAA debut yet, but I think you got to give it a while. Unless an injury pops up, you know, like if Vogelbach were to get hurt or, or McKinney, um, or somebody like that, or, or Travis Shaw, um, then I think maybe you see Keston come back up. But I think if you're going to send him down, Benny, and make that, you know, 
I, I don't know if bold is the right word, but um, you know, make that decision to send him down. I think you have to give him time to try to figure things out and work things out before I wouldn't just rush him back up, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I think that would be a, a bad move just to send him down and then rush him back up out of urgency. I think that's exactly right, Jake. I think the fact that um, you're going to let the kid figure something out with the swing. I think they're, I, I actually hate talking mechanics in terms of it, um, you know, Hey, this guy needs to change his swing mechanics or whatever. Cause a lot of times it's timing or, a lot of times it's just, just running into some really tough arms and he's expanding his zone. So, but I, I do think Keston needs to change something. I, I, and I'm, and I'm not smart enough to know what that is right now, because again, hitting is so complicated. I just think it just looked like, but that, that might be it right there, Jake, right? It might be that he needs to stop making it so complicated and just hit off a feel a little bit. Mm-hmm. And all I know, it looked like he was swinging straight uphill underwater. Right. That's the, I, I don't know if that's, if that's what he needs to kind of tweak um, it, it starts swinging a little bit more direct or look like he's swinging more direct. Again, I don't know what that looks like. Um, and I don't know what it would entail to get him to that spot. Um, I would say, let him figure a lot of different things out. Maybe it's a feel thing. Maybe it is a mechanical thing where he's got to swing more direct. Um, and I, I would say let him use the good coaching. And I'm sure Andy Haynes is going to have a conversation with the coaching staff to try and figure out what works best and what kind of kind of let him feel his way through what makes him good. I mean, this kid hit 40, 46 home runs in two. In, is that right? I'm sorry. Wait. He hit 33 home runs in 2019 between AAA and the big leagues. And then he hit another 13 last year in the big leagues. I mean, so that's a lot of homers. <laughs> the kid can hit. Yeah. He was completely lost at the plate. I, I just think there's a lot of things going on for him in his head, including a position change. Um, that's my take on it. Just my take on how long until he figures it out and becomes the hitter that um i that we all have seen him be even if there is still swing and miss there's a level of um there's a level of performance and production that he can still give even with the swing and miss and we saw it in the last two seasons yeah Uh, for for me it's at least a month i think you got to give him at least a month to try to figure things out um but i'm with you too and we've talked about it before i know just with that leg kick, I think there are a lot of timing issues that he's going to run into. I think you can get away with that in the minors and obviously at the college level. Um, but I think at the major league level, you you can get exposed with a big leg kick like that. I don't know many people that have a leg kick that high that are that successful. Justin Turner is one that comes to mind. Um, but I, I think that just causes a lot of timing issues. And I'm obviously no hitting expert, but and, and the other thing is too, with the way that the way the averages are right now, you could settle or, or deal with Keston hitting 230, 240 if he's going to give you 30 plus bombs because mm-hmm. aver- averages are down across the board in the major leagues, you know, with everybody. But mm-hmm. if, if you're going to hit that, you got to be pumping in a couple of home runs a week um, from, from him. So, I mean, even if he can just get back to doing that, to running into one, Every now and then, then I think he becomes a valuable part of this lineup, 
we've talked about before, especially with the injuries and Yelich being out, this lineup just doesn't have enough thump. Somebody that can run into one and give you a, a two, two or three run homer every now and then. So I think getting Keston back to that level, even, you know, I, I thought he would be a two, a, an easy 270, 280 hitter just come out of college and the way he was able to spray the ball all over. But mm -hmm. even if he just, again, gives you 240 and, and is hitting a couple of home runs, you know, a week, I mean, you will, you'll take that out of him. So yeah, he's got to get, get back to that. And, and I think it's got to be at least a month, you know, to try and figure that out. That's a good call. A month is a good number. I mean, I, I think if it takes longer than that, I think they should give him that. Right. I think, mm -hmm. I don't, I think, I, I don't think anyone in major league baseball thinks that this kid doesn't have it in him to be a really productive major league hitter. Cause we've already seen it. And the other piece of this is, is like, you, that's a really good thought by you, Jake, is the fact that his big leg kick um, could be a, an issue in terms of like, maybe, maybe they can calm that down a little bit. Well, I know one thing Joey Gallo did and kind of got him back locked in. Um, and I know he's been up and down ever since in terms of like his production, but um, he really calmed down his leg kick. He got more centered, more balanced. So maybe that is something. All This is the last thing I'll say on this. I saw Keston here with my own two eyes in the ballpark hit top spin line drives off the base of the wall. Like <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty impressive, hmm. but it's not impressive. The fact that he get he top spins those balls. I never have seen that from him. Um, I know that he'll top spin. Everyone top spins a ball every once in a while, but to absolutely get a ball and top spin it all the way to the wall at the base of the wall that I don't know if I've ever seen that in general. That's a kind of like yeah. testament to how strong this kid is. And um, I, I do think it's because of, there's probably a flaw in his path at this point. And I think they're going to probably try and get that kind of leveled off or um, kind of smoothed out. Yeah. Certainly hope so. Like I said, be big to get him back, you know, in a, in a month or two and, and be a big force in the middle of the lineup. So mm -hmm. uh, we got a couple more questions to get to before we do that. Let me tell you about our friends at Sports Trade. The Lockdown Podcast Network is partnering with Sports Trade, a new way for fans to cash in on their sports knowledge. Sports Trade is where fantasy sports meets the stock market. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Making money with sports trade is simple as player value rise and fall based on two factors, one being their statistical performance and the other is the supply and demand of that player's stock. Instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you like, just like in the real stock market, then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the how it works video and then sign up to get started. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. I promise you, you'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. 
Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MBB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So then I got a couple of other questions to get to before we get to our uh, series preview of the Cardinals. This one comes from Greg Zimmerman. He said, Vinny, do you have an assignment or play a role in something that you would consider your greatest achievement as a scout? Lance Lynn. I recommended Lance Lynn signing by the um, Texas Rangers. That's why you love that guy so much. I Well, (laughs) yeah, but I mean, I, I also liked him that much to get him to try I think I influenced um, the team in signing him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I wasn't, the, I don't know how it all worked in terms of like how they made decisions. Cause there are certainly guys I recommended that we didn't sign and I, but I don't know if we went after those guys and some of the guys I'm glad we didn't go after because it would make <laughs> me look pretty bad because I was wrong on some players too. So, yeah. um, so it's, I, I, yeah, the Lance Lynn signing by the Rangers was huge. He was coming off of five and a half ERA or something with the Yankees and the Twins that year. But that was his first year off of TJ or coming back off of TJ. And it's typically the second year that those guys do well. And the fact that he's, he was such a competitor that I, I faced the dude and the guy is, is just an absolute beast in terms of com- competitiveness and I just figured there's a good chance that he would bounce back and 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 also th- I'm not taking all the credit for his success because the pitching lab and the pitching development team and all the pitching coaches with the Rangers that year kind of um, uncovered something with him and just told him literally just told him to start throwing harder and all of a sudden he was pumping 95 97 when he was like not when I got him with the with the Cardinals, it was more like command at 90 to 94. And so he just started up in his below throwing both two and four seamers. And um, majority of majority of, it, of his success come off the fastball. I think he's like an 80% fastball guy that year. Um, something crazy, but not taking all the credit, but I definitely recommended to sign him. Uh, and I was probably, I, I don't know if I was the high guy on him, but I liked him a lot. Yeah, I've always been a big Lance Lynn fan. Again, as you guys know, I cover college baseball in the Southeast. So got to watch him a lot at Ole Miss. And you could see it then, that competitor um, mentality that you talk about. You know, obviously, SEC is very competitive college baseball environment. And he definitely fit right into that. Is that something you look at a lot when evaluating a player, Vinny, is just that mental, um, you know, preparation, mental attitude that they have on the field? It's how they carry themselves, Jake. When, when a guy carries himself like a, like a big leaguer, chances are those are the guys. So those are the guys that don't ever doubt themselves. Right. So the big leagues is really hard as we can see. And as we can see, we just talked about Keston here and how, how talented he is yet. He's still struggling. He's in triple A right now. It's really, really, really hard. So you have to be able to on that big stage, everyone's watching. This is what you have been battling and grinding for your entire life. And you better be able to not, doubt yourself that's kind of a weird weird way to say that but that is it in a nutshell you're gonna fail you're gonna fail on a huge stage and you better be able to to still have confidence in yourself um after that so what does that take it takes those guys that are just like they don't ever doubt themselves they don't care that they 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 never fear fail failing justin turner was that way when i played with him and he was just a, a utility guy with the mets 
guy literally thought he was better than than David Wright. Um, he never he never said it. It was it was just the way that he carried himself. That confidence, that no doubt type of mentality. Lance Lynn had had that always. Justin Turner. I mean, um, Matt Carpenter was a similar guy. Um, just think about all the really good players and, and that's kind of their mindset. Now there's, there's really good players that do doubt themselves. I heard Alex Rodriguez was the most insecure player <laughs> in the major leagues. Like he hit like three fifty with 50 homers and he'd, and he'd be asking the backup catcher, what's wrong with my swing? Like <laughs> that's the kind of guy I heard he was yeah. um, on the field as talented as he, as he was. So it, they all they come in all different shapes and sizes, but that is a huge indicator for me when I scouted that that uh, demeanor, that the way they carried themselves on the field. Yeah, because we're going so much to you know analytical type of scouting nowadays. But I, I'm right there with you, and you know I've done some some scouting, you know, writing for uh, Perfect Game in the past, and that's the one thing I always look at first: Does this guy look like a major league baseball player? You know, does he carry himself that way? Does he have in the physical attributes too, um, you know, d- does this guy look like he knows and believes he can succeed at, uh, succeed at the major league level? So I think there's something to be said, be said for that. It's not necessarily something that you can quantify in a number. Um, but yeah, that's certainly, uh, I think is a big part of scouting and should be. Um, our last question here comes from Jason Knuth. Uh, he says, what's your first concert? Says his was Metallica 1992 at Summerfest. I feel like this is a humble brag for, from Jason here, but Vinny, uh, you remember your first concert? <laughs> yeah, I have to reply to this question on Twitter. I'm going to, um, but the first concert I ever went to was Dave Matthews band Alpine Valley. In, uh, what was it? 1999. So I was, yeah, I was 19 years old. That was surprisingly the first concert I ever went to was a 19 year old Dave Matthews band Alpine Valley. Oh wow! See, I, I, I'm I'm not gonna say what mine was because I'm afraid nobody will ever listen to the podcast again. But I don't know how old I was, probably like nine or ten or something. And one of my friends' dad bought us all tickets to a Britney Spears concert. That's awesome. And don't so, yeah. So I mean, I, I I don't remember if I was a big Britney's fan at the time. I probably was being a you know probably was had a crush on her or something at that point, but. Yeah, I think that was the first concert that I ever went to. So hopefully nobody judges me on that and, and leaves the podcast. But uh, yeah, pretty sure, that, pretty sure, pretty sure that was my first one. <laughs> um, That's great. Yeah, we'll come back and uh, wrap things up. Looking at this Cardinal series. Uh, before we do that, let me remind you about BetOnline.ag. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And even with the NFL season over, you got the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball seasons all in full swing. But betonline.ag does more than that. They also cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to betonline.ag on your phone or internet browser today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, Vinny, there uh, hasn't been a series this year that I'm more excited for than this one coming up against the Cardinals. Obviously, I believe these are two best teams in the division, and I think they'll be battling it out all year long to win the NL Central. So, anytime they get together, it's going to be must-watch, must-see TV. But this one, to me, 
is really highly anticipated because I think the Brewers have the potential to have their three best starters going in this one. Uh, in Tuesday's matchup, you're going to have Kim going against Peralta. And Kim's been really good this year. 306 ERA, 1.3 whip, 18 strikeouts, 17 in two-thirds innings. And then um, on Wednesday, you'll have John Gant, who's been also been really good this year. 215 ERA in 29 and a third innings with 25 strikeouts against Woodruff. Now, the 170 whip for Gant tells me that maybe he's been a bit lucky so far. Um, but I think that should be another good matchup. And then, Vinny, I got my fingers crossed. I'm hoping that this afternoon game on Thursday, we're going to see the return of Corbin Burns. He's supposed to throw a bullpen on Monday. Um, and if that is the case, he'll be going up against Cardinals ace Jack Flaherty. But your thoughts on the pitching matchup, Vinny, and can we get Corbin Burns back for that amazing matchup on Thursday afternoon? I don't know. If I don't know if he's going to come back for that one. I'm certainly hoping he comes back as well. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just looking at these games. It's, I, I felt better about it before I saw who they're who they're matched up against. Sorry, <laughs> just yeah. not to be a pessimist, but these are all three good arms. I like Kim. I actually faced that dude over in Korea. He's got a good. He's got a good repertoire. He's got a hard fastball. Some deception to him. It's a heavy ball. It's kind of no. effectively wild. He doesn't have great command. No um, shot at you here, Vinny. But how old is Kim? If you faced him over in in Korea. <laughs> he was he, he was young i know right Jeez. Get, no that's all right i'm just never gonna do the podcast again but anyway <laughs> um <laughs> uh but so and then gant he's he's good i know the 170 are he walked he's been walking a lot of guys i think he walked like five dudes one game recently so that might be skewed a little bit but he's got a really good vulcan change up and mm -hmm. he can really run it up there 95 96 um, I mean, we got the right guys going, especially if Corbin's back. And and I, I feel like Council never kind of teases that, right? I think he teased it a little bit and said, hey, Corbin Burns could be back mm -hmm. at, by the end of the series. And I feel like Council has never done that in, in his career as the, as the Brewers manager, is, is like teased something like that and it not come true, right? So it's almost like they're probably pretty sure he's coming back. I'll go with that. I'll stick with that. Okay. So I like the Brewers chances. I think they're going to be close games, especially the way that the Brewers are not swinging the bats real well. And then these pitching matchups that the, the Cardinals have going, the Cardinals bullpen has been good. I mean, my goodness, the Cardinals haven't lost. When's the last time they lost? <laughs> yeah, I know it. Like it's crazy. Just, I mean, they were in last place a, a while, like over uh, two weeks ago, weren't they? Or over a week ago. Yeah. I don't know. They, they, they look tough. It's going to be a really good series. I'm glad they're playing in Milwaukee, even though the fans, you know, it's limited capacity still, but uh, it'll be a really good series. I agree with you. Probably the best series so far of the year um, in these next three games. Yeah. Cause you're going to get, you know, their best against our best. So we'll see who comes out on top. Like I said, the Cardinals have been playing unreal baseball lately, uh, but hopefully the Brewers will be the one to slow them down. Uh, they got Dylan Carlson, their rookie. He's hitting over 300 now. Arenado has been crushing the ball lately. He had some fun against his old team in their last series. He's hitting 281 with 851 OPS. Um, so, uh, I mean, they're, they're getting it done. Uh, the Brewers got to step up here and they've stepped up in big series so far this year against, mm -hmm. um, you know, Padres against the Dodgers. So I'm certainly expecting them 
to have uh, give us a good performance this week. Again, really excited for this series. And I think, I think the Brewers win it. I'll, I'll go ahead and give you, you know, my, my pick there. I think they do with the, the pitching that the Brewers have lined up. And I think they're going to come into this series, you know, motivated uh, and come in pumped up and ready to take them out. So uh, I think the Brewers win this one here again, should be a really fun and entertaining series against the Cardinals. Uh, again, appreciate all your questions from Twitter. Had some really great questions this time around. We'll try to keep doing that anytime the Brewers have an off day. And I think they have a couple more coming up here. So uh, we'll continue to do that. So make sure you send in your, your questions on Twitter. And we'll be sure to bring those up on the podcast. But that will do it for this episode of Locked On Brewers. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Brewers. You can follow me at shortstopball and Benny at Benny Rotino. And please make sure that you go out and subscribe to the Locked On Brewers podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll talk to you next time. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.